Join the Pop Life Podcast conversation. Follow us on Twitter at the Pop Life Podcast. Find us on iTunes at the Pop Life Podcast. Be sure to rate us, please. And find us on SoundCloud and share and like and subscribe. Thanks. Welcome to the Pop Life Podcast, coming to you from the Crosby Collective Studio. Starring your hosts, Jeffrey Sledge, Naima Cochran, and Sean Young. If it's top of mind in pop culture, it's up for discussion. Thank you for joining us this week. The Pop Life begins in three, two, one. All right, Pop Life Podcast. We give you another one at the end of February. You know, I don't know. I don't even feel bad because I'll be, you know, of course, you know, uh, I follow, um, you know, friend to the show, uh, KMG, KMGZ Kells, and she be all over with her shit too. Like a lot of people be all over with their shit. Like, so I mean, everybody who doesn't actually do so for, a, like, a professional production company be all yeah. over with their shit. Yeah, so whatever. Like, we be having shit to do. Those yeah, people niggas, get paid. They exactly to show up. We do this on exactly. Time. Yeah, so you're gonna get what you're gonna get. But y'all, y'all, you know, you're gonna get it. You're gonna like. It. Thank um, you for listening. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Real quick. Um, I wanted to mention one thing. This is why it's fresh in my brain that I just found out, and I don't know how I didn't know because I'm a huge fan of this person and his works over the last probably forty years. Um, maybe shit, yeah, he's sniffing on fifty. Uh, Nile Rogers, I never knew Nile Rogers was Did the, the Madonna new- album. No, 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 no. I knew, yeah, I knew all that. That's easy shit. Madonna, David Bowie, that's nothing. I never knew Nile Rogers was the music supervisor for Coming to America. Oh, I oh, just yeah, found I that, that out recently too. And I just he found wrote, that out and he wrote the Soul Glow song and and all the songs in that. I had no idea Nile did that. I, I don't know why. I don't know why I never knew that. I just, I just found that out recently it. as well. Like maybe That's the very past cool. few months. Yeah, because he is a little clip where somebody somebody's interviewing me. He talks about how they wanted to do the Lion Sleeps Tonight as the opening. Uh, song, and he said he knew that the line sleeps at night actually comes from a African um, chant called Lion. That's so why did that original chant. That the original chant, which is why they do that. They didn't do Lion sleeps at night. So he was he really explained the whole thing because the person I forget who was interviewing asked him about Soul Glow, but he just ver- you know veered over into like his whole thought process of you know making it, making it an African thing, and he said John Landis said he wanted to make a black movie and by that he meant not just the story john landis hired as many black people as he could to work on that movie he was like the whole not the cast but the whole production he said most of those people were black behind the scenes as well i didn't i i knew about the john landis thing but i had no idea that now did that that record so another check mark and he's his genius list um he's incredible I don't, you know she was my fit my favorite groups um also wanted to say to talk about the oh well, peace to uh Eric Mays. Rest in peace, to Eric say. I literally icon. Who passed away uh as was he how, I don't know, I think I want to say sixty nine, but I think he was a little older than that. I thought I don't it was sixty seven. I think I read sixty seven. Okay. I don't know what he passed away from, but and, and I'm Forgive me if I'm wrong here, but the way he kind of talked, I would assume it might have been some type of lung cancer because he sounded like a smoker. Mm. Um, 
Uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, he's an icon and a legend, and uh, he'll be sorely missed in um, civil service. Um, and also on the internet. Yeah, and on no the internet. There's nothing white folks. <laughs> you gotta love it, because sometimes and, and, they be talking to you crazy, and he's like, yeah. no. Yeah, and, and curse of the white folks and handkerchief, as he said, handkerchief head wearing Negroes. <laughs> everybody, everybody could get it. Uh, oh, peace to uh, peace and love to Mr. Eric and his family. Uh, um, I uh, wanted to mention uh, congratulations to Beyonce for uh, Texas Hold'em going number one on the uh, top one hundred. Not surprising. The country Hot One Hundred. It's such I a good it song. The, it's on the Billboard on the Hot One Hundred. Huh? Yeah, it might be on the Billboard Hot 100 too, but it's on the Country Hot 100. Oh yeah, yeah, but I think the number one is the the 100, the Billboard 100. I'll check. It's also the number one on the Country chart. First but black it's the, woman. But it's, yeah, the, but it's yeah. the Country Hot 100. Like Country has a radio, an it's airplay separate. chart. It Country has like uh, a airplay chart, um, a streaming chart, and so it has like three different charts. It's number one on the Country Hot 100. But it might also be number one on the regular Hot 100. But it's number one in the country. Oh, yeah. That's too much. Yeah, so great God, song. I'm into it. Yeah, God bless Beyonce. Uh, you know for for making. I actually uh, like Sixteen Candles more though. I will say. Do you? I've heard several speaks to me. <laughs> I find it, I just find it find it very um, interesting, amusing, or whatever, lack of a better term, to see all the black folks on the social media now being country music fans. <laughs> Listen, prepare to be sick of it. Black people Sidebar, it is number one on the Billboard 100, the pop chart. It's number one. Um, but uh, for me to be the country girl, you never knew that I was. Black people have always been fans of country music. That that's part of the whole controversy about you know the country music industry wanting to maintain its whiteness is that. We all got connect. We all got roots in the south, and the mm-hmm. close our roots are to the south. Like I watch, yeah, I know all y'all watch Hee growing up. Now, come on, you are my shit. Talking about the the the, the cornfield. Mm-hmm. What? Yes, the cornfield's classic <laughs> material. Missy Burrow, I mentioned that to my students. They had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, "Y'all have no idea what he hauled is." They was like, "He was he was on for damn near forty years. On it was on for a long time. Made a bunch of money I had to, but also we all. If you're an ex or you grew up in a um our early childhood, there was a prime time era where like. Dukes, Dukes of Hazard, Hee Haw, Beverly Hillbillies, like there was a whole bunch of country leaning mm-hmm. programming on purpose. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like it was, it was a trend. So yeah, man. Until Norman Lear came and started knocking shit over, but it's like, yeah, that. But also, a bunch of us grew up in households where people rock with Dolly, rock with Kenny, rock with Patsy, rock with you know what I'm saying. Black people love Reba. Black people love Dolly. You know, we fuck with country. Country. Absolutely. The difference between country and <clears throat> R&B is the difference between Memphis and Nashville. Not even. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it's they cousins. I do want to like big up Beyonce because a lot of the black girls that have been in the industry a long time are are seeing bumps in their charting in oh, their the black country girls yes 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 yeah 
Shout out yeah. to Tanner Adele and that song. Yo, Buckle Tanner Bunny is, is amazing. She's amazing. She's you amazing. Know, I saw. I saw. Uh, uh, yesterday, I saw a thing. I guess they're going to be doing some Zydeco on the album too. Uh, mm-hmm. Raphael's going to do some Zydeco stuff, which actually makes perfect sense with her family being from Louisiana and Texas. So I'm very interested to hear. Um, you know what this album is going to sound like in totality. Um, I'm sure it's going to be dope. I'm just kind of interested to hear what uh, what direction they're going to go in. Um, Yeehaw. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wanted to mention this. So, I don't, did y'all see this? So, um, Wendy's, the fr- hamburger franchise, has introduced price surging. They're going mm-hmm. to experiment with price surging yeah. in some markets but yeah. we don't know how soon that's happening they just announced it on their shareholders call or something like that. so basically if you go for breakfast mm-hmm. during the rush or for you know dinner during the, or probably lunch during the rush the, the prices will be higher which is which is bonkers i don't i don't know how that's gonna fly i don't know how that's gonna fly i don't, I don't know they're already doing fly. it with it's, like delivery and order how's that gonna, so. gonna work how, how you gonna tell me the first it's not gonna fly it's not gonna fly at 11 and it's four ninety nine. First of all, nigga, you niggas are number three, right? So yeah. it ain't like maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's not like the line is out the door down <laughs> right. to the. It's Wendy's, not just McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's anymore. It, your fries, your like, fries ain't banging no more, right? Yeah, yeah. Dave, you, Dave, you, Dave, yeah, Dave gone on. Dave, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Dave going up <laughs> yeah, like it ain't the same. And 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 the thing about fast food, particularly these restaurants, is like the biggest part. So the the biggest part of their growth has been that they are consistent. Like the taste is the same everywhere, and the price is the same everywhere, right? So whether or not you know wherever you were, you can kind of budget. Like that's the whole idea that everyone has with the dollar menu bring the dollar menu back so i can get that 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 and i can exactly. eat that 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 yeah like that shit's not gonna work you're gonna have a... the... sorry go ahead. go ahead i was just gonna say even without the dollar menu they've always their brand part of their brand part of their entire brand has always been even when they came off the dollar menu they had the value menu you have a four for four you have a whatever so what it's gonna be it's gonna be like it's four for whatever it is when you get down here some people said it the search pricing will probably only apply to like the combos but I don't believe that because people just not buy the condos, the combos. Oh. But like McDonald's tried this already and had to scale back and had to like pull back. I just don't see how it works. Also, what happens when your computer glitches? What happens when, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you can, you, you know, someone's going to have to compute and input the price surge at what point? So now I got to fucking negotiate with you know with taylor who's fucking 17 on how much my hamburger is going to cost now she's going to be like well how hungry are you like what the fuck right, are we right. doing here but also i'm not since, i'm not i'm not since covid when ordering went digital this has been happening already there's nothing that you order online that's the same price as if you walked into a restaurant this already is, but with that i don't mind because it, there is like to me, the 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 mechanism is different online. I guess maybe a little bit. I've I've kind of conditioned myself that if I do it online, it's going to cost me more money, right? Mm. But for me to walk in person and it costs me more money, like but, to me, ordering online is I'm paying for the convenience of it. 
for humans me, are not even taking your order anymore though like you're walking in you're true. walking up to a kiosk so which i do really, but still i'm but still i carry myself down to the motherfucking building like you know what i'm saying like yeah, I, I, it, yeah. the other thing is like fast food restaurants just really don't give a fuck about students no more huh like they're not on campus like high school students though that they just they just don't matter anymore Calvin yeah, it's, did all it's, that for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, <laughs> and it's all grown people working there. So And 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 furthermore, and furthermore, like I haven't the, the last time I've said, yo, I want to go to Wendy's was for Chili. Period. Nigga, no no I've one never said I want to go to Wendy's. <laughs> now, now I've said I've said I can eat Wendy's. <laughs> Cause maybe there wasn't nothing else around, but nigga, that has never been a destination. No one has ever yeah. been like, "Yo, we got to go to Wendy's because it's popping and they got this great right. food." It's more like I need right. something real quick, and we gonna go buy Wendy's. And nigga, it's a matter of convenience. Yeah, Wendy's is you at the rest So yeah. Yeah. I can get everybody God. something to eat with this twenty dollars. Yeah, God, God, God that bless. Goes away. God bless. I think. Yeah, we lost Jeff. I don't know what's happening. Um, oh shit, we lost Jeff. So I don't know what he wants to talk yeah. about. So let me think. Any... Um, what else was going on this week? Let's talk about TV. Uh, Who's watching Love Is Born? Everyone is watching Love Is Born. Tony watching Train Wreck. You can't Appar- turn away. Apparently, I, I'm the only person in America right in now. Like that the is entire not world, in the world, Craig. In like, the world, Craig. <laughs> in, the world. in the world, Craig. This is the best season of TV. So let me first let me first be transparent and say that I actually have y'all y'all might hear Cheyenne in the background. Let me first be tra- transparent and say that I have screened the entire season and I'm not going to give any spoilers. Mm-hmm. I think after today the only episode that's left is the wedding. Um this is the best season of Love is Blind ever. Ever. It is re- like everybody's a mess. Everybody's a disaster, but in the most beautifully entertaining way possible. Yeah. It's not like last season where like everybody was a disaster, but like in a slightly like scary, problematic way. Like everybody's a disaster in a fully entertaining way. There is so much going on. Um, it's Everyone's like, unhinged. And it's like, I'm just I'm waiting really, for everything to fall down. It's right. like all these love triangles, quadrangles, like extra stuff. People pop back up. Which the men are reaching out to the person that they passed up on oh my god like, you on the honeymoon sending messages be like i someone should die at the end of this i'm sorry well nobody is able to send a message from the honeymoon because they don't have the device well, you know, from the yeah, house, yeah yeah from the like, apartment when they first the apartment back. as soon as you get back like it's it's so i know you probably haven't had a chance to watch today's episodes yet but this will not be a spoiler by the time we post it. There is, I was waiting to get to this all season. You know, they always do the pod squad reunion at some point when they get back. Yes. From when Jimmy sees, what's her face? Jessica? I need Jessica, to see Sarah Ann, like, er, like everybody's there. Trevor and Trevor seeing Chelsea for the first time. Jimmy seeing Jessica for the first time. It's, and then again, um, Laura having to deal with Sarah, the Sarah Ann, and um, what's his name situation? Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy with an A. With an A, I refuse to spell his name like that. <laughs> I have never seen such 
mess. I have never, and it's like, it's so much that they save it till like the next to last, it doesn't start to like the next to last episode before we get <laughs> to the wet. Like, usually, are the rest of the episodes coming out today? They're up. Okay. They're up. So they're much. up. And then there's one, there's just the wedding left next week and then the reunion the week after that. So they also stretch this out more because they have more episodes this season than they did before. They have three more episodes. And then the reunion. I can't wait for this reunion. So I just want to say well done. Love is Blind production team. Um, This is spectacular television. Everybody's a villain. Everybody's insane. Chelsea is off her fucking rocker. And I really kind of of insecure that makes that scary for the people around her. Correct. Like Like, she, she she might be like, I'm gonna, she's like, she, I believe she's like, I stalk you during breakups insecure. Like, yes. But also, I'm gonna drive you to cheat. I mean, I know that's not PC to say, yeah, do what they want, cheater, cheater, blah, blah, blah. No, fuck all that. She is so needy and clingy and in need of so much validation that yes. I feel like someone's gonna look for easier things correct and I already figured just by the way she brought up being divorced in the pod that it was not her choice to be divorced right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I've been dying for like her husband her ex-husband or any ex to like show up on the clock app I would love to hear some perspective mm-hmm. some anything but also, like, there's an argument in this week's episodes that y'all will see that is even more unhinged than the other two drunken rants that she, I mean, it's all over the place. It's all, like, she can't even stay clear on the thing that, and that's the thing, when she goes on these drunken things where she's, like, badgering Jimmy, mm-hmm. I don't even think she knows what response she wants. Right. She's think, just there to fight. She just wants to fight. And it's like, I don't even know what she wants. And I and in this one, Jimmy is finally like, I what uh like you could see, like he's like pinching the bridge of his nose, like, oh, uh, like he's seeing, like, I don't know. It has to be exhausting. I feel like Jimmy is doing the best he can with the circumstances. I don't feel like he did anything wrong per se. Of course, you go after the girl who says I look like Megan Fox. That's just part of I don't know. And then he got there and he was wrong. And then she still, he still tried to rock it out with her and like get to know her. And it still, it backfired. I don't know. I don't think he did anything wrong. Personally. The issue with Jimmy is that Jimmy is trying to be the good guy. And what that means is that he, he shies away from actually saying certain things explicitly. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't want to actually just say to Jessica directly you having a child is too much for me. He was right. like, I want to see if I can give you what you need, considering the circumstances. Like, no, just say it's too, that's a, it's a reasonable thing to say it's too much for me, but you don't want right. to. And it's also the reason that Jessica reaming him got stuck in, like got in his head so deep because him being the bad guy, like he was prepared for her to be hurt. He was not prepared for her to be mad. You right. know, that is throwing him. That's why her directness was always throwing him. And I think now with Chelsea, he's still stuck on that. He he made this commitment. He really is the kind of guy who, like, he wants to see it through and convince himself, right? And I think he's, like, doing everything he can to do that. But she is giving him the ick at every turn, you know? So it's, like... Very much the ick. Yeah. <laughs> like, what can he do? Wait, hold on a second. All right. 
we had to take we had to take a quick uh break to help Jeff with his technical difficulties. Um Jeff, <laughs> you like Jeff, you don't watch Love is Blind, do you? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I'm about oh, to get into okay. it. I did got up early this morning to watch not to watch the, the new two. Did you watch the you watch the new ones? Okay, Inca hasn't seen them yet. I so I I was watch I've seen full transparency the whole I've seen the whole season as of last week. But the only oh, thing shit. that's left that everybody else hasn't seen is the weddings next week. But I was trying to explain to Inca how unhinged the rant that Chelsea goes on this time. Dude, I was telling I was yelling yelling at the screen because I've been there, bro, J- Jimmy leads because it doesn't get better it's gonna get worse like the, as more time goes on and she feels more um ownership over him it's gonna get worse because he literally did, I, watching this series early um i did not think that i would ever be on his side i thought he was just right. kind of a kid but right but but and i still not quite i i don't i i don't i I'm still not rooting for him, but she is great. So it's crazy. So Cheyenne is just now catching up on the whole series. So I was watching back the early episodes with her yesterday, and I mm-hmm. really, and I was able to see more clearly, having the hindsight of what I do, you know, knowing what I know now, of how manipulative Chelsea was in the pods in really wow. small in really small ways, right? Like. There was one time where she would drop something where she was like, um, and she brought it up out of nowhere. She was like, because Jimmy was just like, yeah, um, not having a great day or something. And she was like, yeah, so there's a lot of tension in the pods, you know. Um, you know, somebody asked me if we were, Jessica asked me if I was dating you and she was mad. And, you know, I, that's between you and her. Like, but, you know, she would bring up these things and like drop these mm-hmm. little whatever she was very good at knowing when to tweak him and yeah. even at the fact so it's like it's um and she also uses she's also very caring in that she weaponizes her tears she, weaponizes she always her weaponizes tears. Her tears but not only that but it's like i i was saying when you when you were gone for a minute i don't even the thing that baffles me about chelsea is that i don't even think she knows what response she wants it seems like she just wants to be able to just get at him like even starting with yeah. the, the first drunken rant on the honeymoon it's like jimmy said something about ad but then was a parent was a immediately like i mean respectfully i didn't mean to say nothing and she's like no 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 it's fine we talk about it all the time look at it it's a bookshelf hey ad how'd you get that you know what i'm saying and then later she's making it like i called it out because i was so uncomfortable no you wanted to embarrass him Right, and then and you left so, me all, all alone, and I told you, left me all alone. and even that oh my God. Like, bro, the thing is, so? she doesn't like Jimmy. She picked Jimmy because she wanted to win over Jessica. Over Jessica. That's really what it is. She wanted, she wanted to beat Jessica. She mm-hmm. wanted to be Jessica. She's never been because even when Trevor was asking her, like, why are you picking somebody who's unsure of you over another woman versus the person who 100% is sure of you? I'm like, because mm-hmm. she's never, she's been in this situation before. She's never been the one picked. And never. She's definitely, she's definitely never been picked over a Jessica. And meanwhile, yeah. part of the reason Jessica was so pissed off is because she's like, I know this bitch ain't, yeah. right, ain't, ain't my <laughs> confidence. Are you kidding? Chelsea? 
just because like just because like Jimmy, I, I've seen her. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, it's kind of like how, it's kind of like how Clay was for a minute with Matt. Like you can't you can't be for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that's and that's why Jessica was getting so angry towards it. And like, how is how is your heart possibly this torn? Between me, because Jessica's never been in that situation, right? So yeah, that's the bad. She's never been not not picked. She's never been not. So that's what it became for Chelsea. Chelsea, the reason Jim Jimmy wasn't even giving her anything of himself. Everything yeah. Jimmy ever said, like really, Jimmy would come in the pod. Like I said, I in hindsight, it was so crazy. Jimmy would come in the pods, and Chelsea would get whatever energy he had coming off of Jessica, mm-hmm. which was usually like stress. You know what I'm saying? And she would, and he would be like, I'm just happy I'm with you. You're going to make me feel better. It really was that. Like, you're going to make me feel better because he said that to, he said that to her people. He was like, well, the, you know, I had had an argument with, you know, the other girl. I came in and she came into the pod and Chelsea made me feel better. And then I knew she was the one. Like, what? Right. what? Everything <laughs> about his dynamic with Chelsea was just about like, Jessica challenges me, Chelsea doesn't. So it's just, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's literally what it was. And like, and even once they got on the honeymoon. So I think that Chelsea thought she was getting something different. Or I think she, I think really what her frustration with is that she knows he's not as into her, but she nah. wants this to be like a fairy tale. Like when she's like, you don't hold my yeah. face and you know, tell me. You don't kiss me. Even the way, even the way you tell me you love me, like it's like she wants a certain <laughs> tone. Like so, it's like you want Jimmy to play into the fantasy that you built up in your mind, but you know you this isn't that. You know what you I'm can't saying? Win. Jimmy, Jimmy can never win that. Jimmy, no. Jimmy can never. You can't never win that fight because that hole will never be filled. It'll always never. be something else. You'll always be complaining about something else and, and it'll always be you know and you know she you know she she, she gains some weight it'll be more insecurities it'll yep. just be non-stop insecurities like i said this dude just went out with his homeboys because a friend of his had a uh it was his birthday. birthday he was yeah, like it, i was going he was out for literally 90 90 minutes he's like yeah, no, I, I, I you, you didn't want to go so i'm gonna so go see my peoples i left literally i came back literally in 90 minutes and you are beefing because I went out without and, you. And I wasn't. And, and also, the thing that the thing, the thing that got that got swept under the rug. I feel like Jimmy didn't attack is because Jimmy was like, "Who who who was there that saw me?" And she was like, "I'm have my people." I'm like, "Yo, so you actually got spies now?" Well, she you said it was Megan. She said it was Megan from McKenzie. the crowd, but he didn't. But he didn't believe Mackenzie. But he didn't really believe her, right? And that he said he didn't see her. No, he said he didn't see her. He's like, I didn't well, see he doesn't know what she there. looks like. He doesn't know what she looks like. He didn't okay. know what that girl looked like. He was like, I don't know. He said, it. he's like, I don't know what Mackenzie looked like. I didn't see anybody I know from the pods, right? So it's like, she, but she even, she didn't know what she was arguing about. Cause it went from, I don't want to be with somebody who's out partying all the time to how does it make me look? My, you know, all the pie girls are out and they're like, your man's out. Where are you? First of all, you knew he was going out. It's not like the pie girls are out, out and they're like, your man's out. Where um and yeah, then he asked, he asked her to go. He was with her. Then it became that he was with his two best friends. Then it became I know you were with Jessica. So he and he that's when he was like I know you're fishing because she didn't even know what she was beefing about. She just beefing to be beefing. And Jessica wasn't even there. Right. Can we can we talk about Kenneth and that yeah, breakup real quick? Well, let's get to Kenneth, but I want to talk about Ad and Clay. 
Some some about the clay nigga don't sit right with me. He clay seems just like a, a bad her to cheat on. Like a salesman. He's like a salesman. He just kind of says what he thinks she wants to hear and all that. Yeah, baby, you good, baby. Yeah, baby. I'm like nigga, like nobody talks like that. Be talk. Clay want to talk- be Bill Bellamy and how to be a player. So <laughs> that is and, and AD wants to get chose. She like she got a, she, AD got a lot of bird in her keeping it real. No, it's not. You know what? It's not. Wait, it's not. Yeah, it's not that she has a lot of bird in her. Jeff Ad is a dark-skinned black girl from Boston who has been a professional cheerleader. She has been around these white boys, white girls, and these white standards. And she, and you can tell from things she said. First of all, her personality is so you like like Inka just said. Her personality shifts depending on who she's talking to. Like she was able, she's able to disarm. Her personality, she's able to be one of the girls, like all the girls. But like, based mm-hmm. on things she said, people have always dated her because her body's crazy, and she's and she's been a people pleaser. Because yeah, keeping it real, the face, the face, the face is, is okay. It's not. She's not ugly, but it's okay. But the body is the body's, the body's nine five. The faces six ish, seven ish. You know, her sister's pretty than her to me. I think they have different. Because uh, her look like they got different. Yeah, they look like it. Yeah. Her mom reminds me of a character from a black movie who would be like the person who runs the strip club and gives. What's this guy? What's this guy name? Uh, a what's a d? Google. <laughs> like, let me look. Her AD Instagram is Amber Desiree. Yeah, and kindly. Um, but her mother, her mother, her, mother, her mother's literally like, he's a good girl. What's the, the same? Yeah, thing good man, Savannah. Say? Yeah, she's literally like, he's a, that's a good man. Savannah. He even said it. she was like, man, Savannah. That's what her yeah. mother is. Her that's a man. She literally said that. That's a man right there. It was like, okay, okay, whatever. Man. She literally said that. That's yeah. a man right mm-hmm. there. Was, AD is set up to fail, sadly, but. The thing I think, and I think that's even why she, like, AD was so committed but to the, the experiment. Thing, and I think that's even why she plays like, AD really important. So we have an echo somewhere. AD's been so committed to the experiment because she really did want somebody who yeah, wants an echo somewhere. AD's been her, so committed and to who's not looking at her body first. Really that's why she wouldn't even tell AD what she looked like. I mean, Clay, what she looked like. Yeah. But also, there's so much drama going on that Clay needing to be the bad bitch in a relationship. I tweeted this. It's like not even what anybody's talking about because there's so much other craziness going on. So much. Like the the Laura, like Jeremy, Sarah, and shit was a sleeper. I didn't expect no drama from the white people. That aside from Jimmy and and uh, Jessica and Chelsea, that shot me. Laura's mean and low key racist. Laura's like Laura's a nasty, a nasty person. I'm not saying I co-sign with Jeremy did. Like, why the race, Why the racist? She, but she's but she's been mean from the pods. Like she always say some slick shit. She always got some nasty shit to say. Like it's always like mean, 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 mean. And then when he, it's kind of like she's mean, mean, mean. And then when when he finally kind of reacts to the meanness, then he's wrong. It's like yo, but you've been talking right. crazy. To this for like oh, this whole time, and so yeah, no, he doesn't really like you anymore. And now she's like, "You're not a man." It's like, "Yo, you're fucking me, you know." 
she's she's a mean, nasty person. I I, I didn't like her. I didn't like her after the bean dip thing. I didn't like her at all because that was like that was crazy. It was crazy that she blamed him for saying, "I'm not going to do that." It was, right. It was, I didn't right. I didn't like that man. Of course, there's a larger conversation um, they, behind uh, that, that nobody is talking about, and that's sexualizing the absolute fuck out of AD. Like she's not a real person. That too. It's crazy. Lord, we done lost Jeffrey again. That too. Yeah. She took it in stride and like props to her for that. She's probably really used to it. But the fact that like her body started two arguments with two different couples on the beach. Right. And nobody was kind of like, hey. Maybe not. You know what I mean? She's dressed for the beach. She's a pretty girl. And also her being the one black woman there. Yeah. It was it was especially sticky for me. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Um but also on the beach, Kenneth met the black couple for the first time. And yep. I could I think that's why everything started to turn for him. Agree, because he was like, it's giving black love, it's giving black excellence, it's giving I also think that Kenneth okay, so this is again just what I think it might be a reach, but this is the first time Kenneth was dating a white girl. Mm-hmm. And when somebody asked what he thought she looked like, he was like, She's giving blonde. I feel like Kenneth was like, if I'm going to date the white girl, I'm going to date the the stereotypical white girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think he was a little disappointed she was a brunette. Not that that should really mean anything. And then she's like a little thicker. Yeah, she's like she's not, like she's the kind of white girl that black men would date, which I think he was not necessarily. Because yeah. I think she's also dated other black men. And I get that sense. Yeah. And I think he thought he was getting like, White prince, white princess. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, but did you hear the rumors about Kenneth though? Yeah, his, his cousin said his cousin outed. I believe that shit 100. percent I'm like, is he gay or is he black Southern churchy? Like, nah, black Southern churchy. That <laughs> he he black Southern churchy. Sexual, he would yeah. never act on that. He's I don't black, that. black Southern church gay man who's not out yet. But there are some black Southern church straight men who read a little man. You know what I'm saying? No, I I also think, I think the minute he got back to Charlotte, he was like, wait, these cameras supposed to be following me all the time in my house. I'm a principal. Um, My friends ain't trying to be, you know what I'm saying? I think he started really processing it. I wonder also if when he came back and talked to his family, they was like, fuck that shit. I think that those things might have happened, but I also think that he he's gay because I think that it was very interesting that the first person he called was his homeboy. Like I'm coming over there, bro. Like what? I don't. I don't care about kind of sexuality. I will say. say? I will say. I don't care about whether he's gay or not. I think that's beside the point. I the TV shit. He's been on television before several times. He's the youngest principal in history in that state or something. He's been on the Kelly Clarkson show. He's right. done like live telethons, telegrams type shit. He's been on TV before. I don't think it's that. I think nigga like I, also, me. I feel yeah. like I think it's the <laughs> black thing. I promise. I think he because there's so many I promise you if you were to put down like an archetype of the type of couple that was in the church I belong to in Colorado, it is them. It is heavy set black man, weird hair, white woman with glasses, a little right. thicker. Right. Who are together forever running all the ministries. 
I promise you, they are an archetype of a couple that works in that kind of church. He's a youth leader. He's a youth leader. Worship leader. He's a worship leader in his church. He's John Gray, but like a more functional version of John Gray. And like, (laughs) I think, um, and I think he imagined, I, I think it was two things. I think one of the reasons he was cool with the idea of a white woman, especially a white evangelical, or at least a white super Christian woman, was because he was like, okay, we could do the submissive traditional roles shit, right? Mm-hmm. And she said but, she was down with it. And she said she was down. But here's what I really think it was. These two never actually talked about who they were as people. They talked about what they talked about their values. They talked about what they wanted their future to look like. They talked about what they wanted their roles to be, but they didn't talk about what they like. They didn't talk about what they do. They didn't tell no jokes. They didn't talk about their friends. I don't remember them actually talking about their family structure. Like they didn't talk about their lives. And yeah, but I, think, I think that was another yeah, part of it. I think she was down to do all that. I'm telling you, man, the nigga, the fact that that nigga called, you know, come on pulling up on you bro that shit was weird as fuck. Gonna, like he needed to leave and go somewhere like what who's he supposed to go he had a crib i don't know he said i'll be over there. also know. the fact that he was just so cold he was so cold to her like first, first of all the fact that he just flipped it like she was just like yo we don't really be like that you know affectionate and he's like well it's over Give no, me no. He, said, on this. he said, I came home last night and I tried to be affectionate and you pushed me off of you. Now, granted, it was mad late. Get up at five. It was mad late. in the morning and I get up at five. You're bugging. You're right. You're right. I think he was looking for excuses. Get... But I also just think, I think... Wait, no, no, Jeff. That nigga came home mad late. Let me finish my thought. I did it. You didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. I think that it's not as simple as him being... I'm women's. I don't think it's that simple. First of all, I think it's reductive to do that and also kind of like homophobic. But I yeah. think I don't think it's as simple as him being gay because he would have flipped on the honeymoon, right? He was right. at least trying on the honeymoon. I think it's when they got into their real setting. I don't think it's just as simple as he's fighting any kind of sexuality. He kind of flipped on the honeymoon. Remember, they were sitting on the boat and the nigga wasn't he talking. Didn't like her. He he's didn't just like not her. into her. For he's whatever reason. Uh, he ain't into no. He's and, not into and her she because he like men. <laughs> he was I, she was willing to play the role because she admitted she doesn't have a strong sexual attraction to him either. She was willing to play the role and at least try and let it grow. Yeah, and let it grow. He was not. That's the thing. I'm not. I, I think that nigga like the men's. And I, again, I mean, I'm getting all this not from my um my assumption. His cousin outed him. Like she like. I'm not making this shit up. His cousin, but his cousin, him. but yeah, but his cousin saying it is not like any cousin that's going to out you is not necessarily. I mm-hmm. automatically don't consider them a reliable narrator because mm-hmm. if that's your family, why would you expose somebody like that if they're not out? You know what I'm saying? Like, so already for me, they're not a reliable narrator. That tells me that you don't actually care about them. Y'all ain't close. You're not. You don't have their well being at heart. So but that don't mean she don't know the truth. It doesn't, but it also doesn't mean like I'm just going to automatically believe. Like it's been verified that that's his cousin, but that doesn't mean they're right. That could mean that that's what they think. Jeff, you're that also disregarding the, the gaslighting of it all. Behold, like I'm going to jump out the window in this argument, even though it doesn't mean what, I, what I'm what i interpreting it to right. mean. The, you know, just human that to human. Some, I that that wait, who, who, gas, who gaslighting? Her Kenneth, or Kenneth. But that was some shit niggas do when they just don't, they just want to be out. 
they just want to be out. They, yeah. And I feel like he just like he was staying away from the house. He didn't want to. He didn't want to film. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I think that was yeah, part of it. I think he, he didn't want to film. I think he didn't want. He was film. with his boo. That's why he was staying away from the house. He was with his his mentor getting his hair twisted until like fucking one in the morning. I'm not buying it at all. And again, I don't care. He's gay. He doesn't make no no skin off my back. But I'm just saying, his cousin outed him. In my in my in my humble opinion, made me look backwards and everything made sense. I'm like, oh, of course. That's why he was acting I, that way. I could see that. My thing is, regardless of what it was, I. I don't feel I don't feel comfortable putting it all on Kenneth Gay. I feel like regardless of what it was, he's not into her. Whatever that reason may be. I'm not for the outing of people. That's not my thing. There's mm-hmm. also a whole situation on TikTok where people are trying to claim that Clay might be gay. I either way, well, I'm I was gonna say out, I'm not for the outing shit. That's all I'm saying. So I'm not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not no, but his. I mean, his. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know what you're so saying. Like, but the other, the other, but the, whatever the, it is, he's I mean, not into that girl. Yeah, he's not into that girl because he ain't in the girls. Because the last thing that made me go hmm mm-hmm. is when they was on the vacation and Clay was kissing AD, and he was like, "Oh, you're turning me on." I'm like, "Nigga, what? Who does that, my nigga? Like, come on, be you looking at this this man who you don't know from a can of paint kisses girl, and now you turned on like." Mm, I think he thought the gay vibes, maybe some gay vibes from Clay too, and he was a little tingly. But let's move forward. Or he just, wished, or he just wished he was with a black woman. <laughs> or he just wished he was with a black woman. You know, ridiculous yeah. person. You know, I know. That's why I stopped I talking that, a few minutes ago because I was I, like, clearly. I think that nigga likes the men's. But anyway, let's <laughs> let's move. <laughs> let's, let's move let's forward. Move forward okay. Anybody else watching anything else? I don't. I, I think only couple that I feel good about. Um, but again, well, let me just say this: it's now in the age of social media, like all these things are coming out like a, offline about this things. Is what makes it every season even more interesting? Yeah, exactly. Because I know there was a clip of Johnny walking through the airport with um, Jessica. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't think there's anything with John. Johnny and Johnny and uh, Amy are like the least problematic couple. That's the one they make yeah. Johnny with Jessica to the point where I, where I to, and but for all we know, they. I mean, because they could have been going to do promo. Could Amy could have been around somewhere. Like Johnny and Amy. Yeah. Like I fast. I I got to the point, but by Mex by uh, Dr. I was fast forwarding past Johnny and Amy. That's how non. Yeah, I think the only real conflict is like she they won't have sex because he's so afraid of getting her pregnant. He's really why don't afraid you, of getting her pregnant. Why? But she's like, I'm not going on birth control because that shit is toxic and I've never been on it before. So right. can you figure why, some shit out? Why is she going to vasectomy and skipping over condom and all that other shit? I, I, don't get I have a feeling that because he, he said once he was like, anything could happen. I have a feeling he must have had a condom break scare. Or know somebody who had a condom break scare because he is so adamant of like Ooh. not having, and I don't think people it's are assuming, abortion in his past. People That's are assuming he yeah. wants to go raw. I think he's saying condoms break. Like he is terrified. He's had a pregnancy scare, or somebody he knows got like ended up with a baby when they weren't ready because he is terrified of mm. having a child before it's planned. So, so I don't, don't, I don't get the bastard. feeling. Kind of, I don't get the feeling condoms are off the table. I get the feeling that he knows somebody who still got pregnant with condom use. Mm-hmm. That's the way I feel. Because he's like, anything. I don't think none of these people are going to say yes at the altar. But 
I think yeah, I, I'm yeah, I'm very. I think I think Clay and AD, and that was the other thing that was wild about Clay and AD. I'm sorry, I'm gonna spoil one thing for you. So when they met AD's mom, oh, no, no mind, they weren't. They didn't meet AD's mom. They were talking uh, amongst themselves in a, in a, a thing in Clay's crib, and Clay went back into the whole. Uh, okay, uh, incommuted, and Clay went back to the whole. Um, Yo, I don't know how it's gonna be, and I don't know if I could, you know, I'm not gonna cheat. I don't want you down and all that shit, which is wild to me. And then AD said the wildest shit, which was like, "Well, even if you say no at the altar, like it's no big deal." I'm like, no, "What?" That, no, no, no. AD said, "If you say no at the altar, I can't see myself continuing to date you." No, she said, "No, she said if you say yes or no, it's no big deal." And we could we could figure it out. No, 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 no. She didn't, Jeff. She said, "If you say no at the altar, I do not see myself continuing to date you. The process is the process. We were given a deadline. This is what it is. I do not see myself." She said it very calmly, but she said, "I don't see myself continuing to date you if you say no." I got to go back that. and watch that. Cause you do because she said that. She's she saying said if that. you say yes or no, we could you know it's, no, it's no, okay. No, no, no. We- he said he said that he said. Why can't we just figure it out? Why does it have to be this timeline? And she said, this is the, pro-, like, like I said before, AD is really real on the process. She said, this is, because she also remember she came at, well, you haven't seen this yet, Anka. She comes at Sarah Ann about the fact that Sarah Ann wow. stepped to Jeremy where she's like, it's fucking up the process. This is a process, right? So it's, she's very good. about the process. And she's like, I, she told him, she said, I'm not going to be a fiance for, I'm not trying to be a forever fiance. <laughs> Be a fiance forever. I remember yeah. that. I'm not trying to be a forever fiance. You know, this is a process. The timeline is part of the process. We committed to this. I do not see myself continuing to date you if you say no. That's what she said. I thought it was whack that she came at Sarah Ann like that because she kept coming at her. And then after a while, Sarah Ann was basically like, like, who the fuck is you? Like, why are you asking? And then, and then, eighties, like, well, I don't give a shit. I would have been like, then why the fuck are you asking me all these all right. questions? I think, again, I think AD's thing is she really took the the spirit of the experiment so seriously. And as somebody who's like a quote unquote girl's girl, she's like, how could you do that? You know what I'm saying? Because I heard that seems like a violation. Yeah, it was a violation, but I'm saying, but she kind of, I think that kind of was kind of interrogating. Far, yeah, she went way too far with it. Like she's like, but yeah, I read the letter, but, but like whatever. I, but I think also maybe her and Sarah Ann were cool, so she's kind of challenging her as like, yo, I thought I liked you. What's really up with you? Type shit. Maybe I look at I'm looking at AD looking a little funny in the light, in my opinion, a little bit. Um, I think AD's just been through some shit, and she takes she has a certain concept of like what loyalty means, but again. There's things she said to Matt. There's things she said to Clay, and then going to things she said to Sarah. And she went in there like, "This is the process. If you, how are you not committed to the process? Like it's supposed to go this way for a reason." And I think for her, her feeling to Sarah Ann is like, "You made it. You you fucked up the opportunity for, in her mind, for Laura and Jeremy to actually figure this out because as soon as Jeremy landed, you were in his DMs." Mm, That's how yeah. I think she's approaching it. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And anyway, we'll, we'll we'll move forward, and we got the we got the wedding um episode I guess coming next week. Yeah, and then uh, the reunion a week after that. Reunion a week after that, I, and I agree with Inca. I don't think I don't see any of these couples making it, even if they do get married on the show. I don't see any long term relationships happening. Um, 
Because I'm already watching AD. Uh, maybe she's doing this on purpose, but I'm watching AD's been doing little clips on Instagram, and she's always alone. So I'm like, ah, I don't know. Maybe that shit didn't work out. Maybe they said no or whatever. Well, they, um, can't, they can't confirm. They can't confirm. Confirm or deny. They can't confirm or deny anything until it happens in the show. Okay. So like, so like, will he, like you can't hear from anybody about where they are. So like now, even though Sarah Ann was posting TikToks from Jeremy's house, um, but without Jeremy in them, <laughs> like now they can post that they're together, but they just can't reveal anything until it's revealed on the show. To the show, yeah. Um, I want to talk Mayor Cooper, Mayor Copa, rather. So Tyler Perry dropped Mayor Copa, Mia, Mia, well, is it Mayor or Mia? Mia Copa. Oh, Mia Copa. On, uh, 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 on Netflix, his, his new film starring Kelly Rowland and Trevante Rhodes. Um, it was number one for at least five days on the U.S. Netflix. Market. I haven't looked lately, but it was number one from Thursday to, I know, at least Monday. Uh, I don't know what that means, the streaming numbers, because, you know, Netflix is real cagey with their shit. But obviously the film um, was niggas watched. The, the film. Yeah, niggas definitely watched the film. A lot of some hate watching and all that, but it got watched, bottom line. So it's it's another success for Tyler, whether you liked it or not. Um, I'm never going to watch it, but I heard it's very, but I'm never going to watch it. But I heard two things. I heard one is very Skinamax. And very. Two, People seem, yeah, oh, well, people, seem, people seem even more upset at this movie for Tyler than others, and I'm not sure why. Well, because I, I think that's just some hater shit. I think niggas niggas love to hate on hate Tyler movies. And no, I was it's a this, bad movie. Well, because they're bad movies. Bad. No, no, no. no, no, no. Let, me, let me finish. Let me finish. Niggas, people say every Tyler movie is a bad movie. If you, you know what I'm saying? There's always, because it there's is. Always, no, but you know what? No, I always say I had this conversation debate the other day. I was like, "Yeah, to you," but there are clearly a huge audience of people who enjoy his films. He's had several number ones in in the box office, and now he's got this. I'm not, you know, I but- enjoy objectively bad things all the time. Okay. Purple lemonade Kool Aid is but, delicious. Yeah, it is but- bad. But we've talked about this before. I think the thing with people and Tyler, I think it's two things. I think it's one, we know Tyler has, because it's not just that the plot line is bad, it's that the production value is bad and all that stuff. So I think it's one that, I think for some people, it's a question of like, my dude, you just committed to this bullshit. Like you, you could do a better production if you wanted to. You could do a better script if you wanted to. You could do a better wardrobe if you wanted to. You're committed to not doing it. My issue with Tyler's movies, I know I'm not the target audience for his movies. I don't mind that. My thing is, there's a saying, you can do things cheap, fast, or good. You can choose two out of three. You can do it cheap and good, but it's going to be slow. You can do it cheap and fast, but it's not going to be good. You can do it good and fast, but it's not going to be cheap. Tyler wants us to take him seriously as a creator while you putting out bullshit. If Tyler committed to the fact that this is camp and his shit is like a certain style of, you know, content and have like some self, you know, awareness about it, I'd be fine. But he wants us to treat him like he motherfucking Martin Scorsese out here. That's my problem. That's my issue. Again, but my thing is to a huge audience of- It's entertaining. It's not about the entertainment. Like I'm just saying, my issue is Tyler wants us to treat treat him like he's making great art. And he admits he's making cheap art. But let me finish. But to a huge audience out here that 
it is art. It is art to them. And, but I'm, and no one's saying it's not art. But there I'm are some things that make it, a movie it's, a it's movie. good art to them. It's good art to them. It's good it art to them. It is enjoyable art. It is objective. It's entertaining. Whatever you want to call it, people enjoy because, it. Because here's the thing. The level, the level of inter- the entertainment value in simple plot line and acting, that is subjective, granted. Production value is not subjective. This is a low production value. He's right, he admits he writes his scripts in a couple of days. He admits he doesn't use a writer's room. He admits so production value is not subjective. This is an objective. Ob- this is like you could observe and say this is a this is a low budget, literally a low budget movie. And I think that's part of what people get frustrated with Tyler for is like, I get it. That's how he got so rich because, you know, his overhead stays low. He churns this shit out. He can churn it out very quickly and very cheaply for a bigger return on investment. But it's kind of like I said, to me, the problem is he wants to be treated like he's fucking like Steven Spielberg. While meanwhile, you cranking out B movies and there's nothing wrong with B movies. Just admit you make B movies. That's all I'm saying. But he's but I, I but I get his point because he he's cranking out you know air quotes B movies, but when you're looking at his the bottom line, which is his box office numbers and his rankings, it's like y'all can call him B movies all you want, but I got the same amount of number ones as fucking Martin Scorsese, which is fine. And but and B movies have B movies have a place. So just don't. Why just don't. He but but he tries guy. to be. But he tries to be so high. But but Jeff. He makes B movies, but he tries to be highbrow. Like B Mel Brooks, my nigga. Like that's fine. Be the black Mel Brooks. Nobody cares. But own what you do. That's my personal thing. That's my personal thing. That's all. But other people, I think now, you, you got Travante, who is an outstanding actor, and you have Kelly, who is very beloved. Now, people, I think, are starting to feel like you're, like they could do so much more. I think that's what I'm seeing echoed for this. Movie went number one. He's good. <laughs> what do you want? To, what do you, What is he supposed to do? Okay. What, what do you think about this? Me? Yeah. Uh, I did not watch the movie. Well, I know um, you didn't. Well, I'm just talking I, about I, I. Well, yeah. Well, a couple things. One, I didn't watch the movie. I've gotten to the point now where I do. I no longer feel out obligated to watch movies um for the sake of being involved in conversation of pop culture nothing about that movie seemed enticing or interesting to me so it wasn't my bag he's not making movies for me okay um the tp shit you know i I feel like this like niggas complain about everything about every movie Tyler Perry, they complain about Lena Waithe, they complain about, it. like, every no one's movies that comes out, it does not go without some measure of people complaining. Either people are saying they're being very lowbrow and they're taking low-hanging fruit and this is a very, you know, uh, silly movie or they're trying to be too sedity and too highbrow and that ain't really how black people move and that ain't, like, Make your fucking movie. Like, if you don't want to watch any of these movies, God bless. You know what I'm saying? Go make your own. That's kind of where I am with the people complaining. They want to complain because it's easier to do that, right? Like, like you don't have to watch and you don't have to engage in Tyler Perry's 
stuff. Like you just don't have to. And this idea that you, here's the other thing. I think there's a lot of complaining because they feel like he caters to a specific audience that frankly, I think a lot of black people look down upon. That's, that's, that's 1000% correct. And that's why I always have this argument. I think, I think there are, there's a lot to be desired when you are doing everything from the rooter to the tutor, right? If you're, if you're doing everything from concept to delivery, I don't think it allows for a creative space to flourish, but I also think that he is in the very unique and a very weird place of being a business person who operates in a creative space. And what do I mean by that? Meaning he understands his fucking bottom lines and his finances. He is not a creative that's in a bubble that has other people just giving him information and he's taking it for face value he's in the weeds on shit he knows what these budgets are he knows how he can you know do these movies he's probably able to do this stuff because he's narrowing down the scope of how many shoot days and all of the sorts of things that come with that and he's able to get talent that's going to move the needle to some degree now Travante you know people love him and they think he's a very very talented actor and um, I, I wish him well, you know, this isn't like a shot at him, but like, I don't see, I, I don't see him in a movie and think, oh my God, this guy is fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm not turning. Right. But I'm not like, oh my God, I got to go see this. Now, again, I think, I think people don't, they, they have a certain palette for certain kinds of movies and these are just not them. And we go there because we want to be engaged in the rage. We want to be, you know, we want to go online and make little snide comments and we want to go online and say these things and we want to go online and be a part of the conversation. And the reality is, is he ain't make that shit. He ain't make that shit for me, my nigga. I'm a, I watch Jason Statham and Michael Jai White really make really bad action movies that's my bag that's what i like okay i'm not expecting fucking denzel performances out of anybody here so you know god bless this is his business his he can't go higher than number one it can't be more than number one now um you know are we thinking about his movies in a classic sense Mm, probably not like i don't think you have many of his films that have aged to the point where it's like, oh, I need to rewatch that again. Or I need to, you know, I, I mean, he doesn't have a coming to America ish type film in his, in his bag, but you know, that's fine too. You know, it's mm-hmm. his model. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I say. I think there's a lot of it. I mean, like when you were, we had Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving, you, you gonna put, you try, go and try to put on, uh, that movie with, uh, Daniel, with the with the boy named from Africa, the boy the boy that was in Get Out, him and the girl. Daniel Kalua. I want to see what, see what Nana says. I mean, what the fuck is this? Put on Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and everybody's sitting down and watching it. I mean, I just think he hits a space that a lot of us are not, for whatever reason, but are I not think, comfortable. But I think my thing, and I hear I hear what you're saying, um, Sean, about some people are just looking down their noses. But I think there is a separate category of people. Like I said. I don't, I know I'm not Tyler's demographic. 
I know there that obviously he hits a lick for a reason. There are people who find it entertaining. I find some of the earlier Tyler movies entertaining. I think when we start getting to the drama stuff, I think there are a couple of things that are valid critiques. One being the way his plot lines always punish like aspirational women. You know what I'm saying? Like there are recurring tropes. I don't think let me let me let me say this. Huh? I don't think I don't think all of the critiques about his movies are unfair. Uh, let oh, yeah. me let me be clear. I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying he's making amazing cinema and all of these things are unfair. I'm talking about the rage and passion and the and and this almost um it's very very weird with him. Like there's a there's a very weird type of thing that happens with him that does not happen with other directors. I get that. And I and think that's that's and, and 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 I've seen people say, "Oh, well where's the growth?" and and you know, he's been making the same movie for 20 years. Which I also and, think and is I, fine cuz so has Spike. I just I, 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 yeah. I was about to say like people have their film style, people have, they their, have their tropes. They he is he is the he is the he is the right he is the alpha and the omega on these productions right, right? So, he's the creator that's it but like i said my my gripe and i've seen some other people say it i've seen gripes with storyline and the 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 kind of uh stereotypes that seem to come through and storyline especially with the dramas now we're not talking about the comedies we're really talking about the dramas i've seen the gripes with the fact my personal gripe is that tyler doesn't use union behind the camera he pays people very well in front of the camera he doesn't use union behind the camera and he's known for like long hours, low pay, and he doesn't lift anybody else up. I don't know of any other um, content maker, TV, film, whatever, who you can't name a single showrunner. You can't name a single AD who became a director in their own right. You can't name anybody who came out of one of his productions from behind the camera and did their own thing. And then, like I said, there's also the thing that there's a self-righteousness about Tyler as though he is like, he's you know, the hero of fucking black, whatever. But like I said, as a businessman, I absolutely respect what you did. But again, if you want to do these low budget movies that hit a very specific niche audience, that's cool. I respect it. But he seems mad that everybody don't want to get on his shit. You know what I'm saying? So that's my thing. Like, I mean, you can't be resentful I mean, yeah. that people are critiquing your low-budget film when part of your business model is making a low-budget film. I think that I think that I think there's a com- there's there's a conflated point of when the critiques turn into personal attacks. I do okay. not think that a lot of these I think that a lot of these critiques that he sees are not in a very clinical way. They are always and usually I should say they're usually compounded by this idea that he his responsibility is to uplift black America and he is a, a, a you know a thought leader in this and it's like nigga he's making movies you know uh, uh, addressed as nine characters like i don't right. know what we you know why why we're putting all of this weight on him and aside from that again i don't feel like those critiques are um i i just feel like at the end of any of those reasonable points that people make they then turn into the visceral sort of venomous attacks that i feel that 
almost negate everything, right? And it comes off and it comes off as haterish because that's what people enjoy. That's what people tune in for. That's what people click your links for. That's why you get these 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 fucking um uh, uh the clickbaits and oh you know so and so said this in an article and why does Tyler Perry make every single black woman ever feel like they you know what I'm saying it's like it's all of that sort of hyperbole shit that that occurs and I think I think all of that can be true I I think it's very I think it's some people run businesses differently and I'll and I'll end on this right like some people like a Barry Gordy is going to run his business where he is the final say but he is interested in the opinions of the people that are employed and in, in, in working for him, right? So that's where you get the famous, would you spend your last $2 on this record? Right, and the quality right? and if control. You won't, yeah. Quality control, right? Well, some people run their business, like this isn't a fucking, this isn't a democracy, my nigga. It's a dictatorship because it's my name signing the fucking checks and what I say is it. Now, if you don't like that style, he is... Let me also say he's not the first person and he's not the only person that does this shit, but it is absolutely his fucking way. And once you start to invite writers rooms and all of the extra um, outside producers and things like that, it will hamper his process to churn out the material at the pace and the rate that he needs to do it for his business model. If people don't like his business model, you are free by all means, to go watch somebody else's content. I agree. Um, I want to move on to um, why the fuck did I get married? So it was a 50-part series on TikTok by a woman. I don't know what her real name is, but she calls herself Risa Tisa. And the 50 parts um, went over the arc of her meeting this guy named Legion. And uh, subsequently get married to him and all the crazy lies and disastrous things that happened over there. I don't know how long the um, relationship was. I guess it was a couple of years, I guess, all together. Um, and it became it's become a huge sensation on social media. Um, apparently, I don't know if she's making money or not. I'm hearing that she did make money, but now she's not making money. I don't know what's going on with the business of it. Um, I had a... a and I, it's starting to, sp- of course, it's starting to spawn other people, women talking about their crazy relationships. And I had a little problem with that. And this is just me. Oh, <laughs> Inka, why are you catching your breath? This is just me. I, I, I watched most of Risa Tisa's thing over several days. I like click on it and watch three or four because they're like 10 minutes or so a piece. My thing with her is and some of these other gals too is yes the legion dude was a lion sound like a sociopath right so there's no cap no caping rather for him at all and i wanted to be clear i'm not caping for him but she had several off ramps several off ramps during the course of their relationship and she kept deciding to move forward, although he lied, and he, these are big lies, like lie, lying about like having like $900,000 in the bank. For some reason, she believed that, but then the nigga moved in with her like in three weeks, like lying about uh, have his job and lying about his family and all these things that she found out. And so I, it, it was hard for me 
to look at her as some type of victim because you had said, I couldn't understand you being a victim early. I just said, you had, you had all these lives that discovered and you still married him and you still married him. (laughs) You're going to speak for sure. And then you still married him and then more lives after the marriage. So it's hard for me to look at her as a victim because it's like, well, you kind of put yourself in this space. Like you could have left a while ago. He lived with you. Like he, like you were the one working, not him. Like, I, I just didn't, I just didn't get it. But please speak, Inka, because maybe I'm missing something. Okay. Number one, she never painted herself as a victim. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the why did I, who the F did I marry series was like, this is a pathological liar. These are some of the things that I overlooked. And I want to tell my story. Maybe you can, whatever. Number one. Number two, she takes full accountability. She says, I thought it was my turn. I was desperate. I was looking for love. It took me a while to realize this was not the love I was seeking. She takes full responsibility there. She says, I'm not looking for anything, yada, yada. Three, she did not get paid for telling that story. When she began and when she put out all 50 parts of that, she was not part of the TikTok creator fund, which you have to be paid, which is the only way that you get paid for views, for likes for any of that you have to be part of the fund she is verified and part of the fund now but a week ago she was not interviews right it's kind of like based on your engagement okay just like instagram twitter whatever we're getting paid on that initial engagement she was not paid for telling the story putting it out whatever i think moving forward as she gets more views whatever she'll get paid her like that but whatever she wasn't in it for the free shit she actually got away relatively unscathed she didn't fight uh tie any of the finances to him specifically she had a different name for him so legally like she's not on the hook for any of this stuff that he did for her a lot of it was pretty much make-believe but also she saw documents that proved that like he had been approved for this $900,000 or a million dollar home loan. She saw these documents like with her eyes. She believed he was talking to people, work. Like it takes a specific kind of like, I can't think of the term. It takes a specific kind of that to fabricate phone calls that were hours long every single day. The brother mm-hmm. came back and she made a correction. She was like, I wanted you to correct a couple of things. My dad died first before my mom, like just little things like that. But she said, mm-hmm. he also wanted me to let you guys know, like his parents did everything that they could, including like lifting their retirement to go back to work to help pay for medication and treatment for him because he is bipolar, schizophrenic. We don't know what he hears. Like the pathology of lying is a whole other thing. So like, I'm not trying to paint her as a victim, but like March, 2020 was a crazy time. And a lot of people moved in really quick because shit was shutting down really quick. So like, it's not crazy to me that she married some guy who she's been in this bubble with for six months or seven months or whatever, because they were each other's bubble during that, the pandemic time, we were all crazy. So I, I think I, I extend a bit more grace to her because it's like you meet this guy on a first date who like buys you a tire. Like that is kind of what hooked it together. And like, I'm not, 
Jeff's rolling his eyes. There are worse lies that men tell. There are less believable lies that men tell. These are, it's not uncommon is what I'm saying. And that's why you're Uh, getting more women like bringing out like whole stories. I didn't know this nigga had four kids until we got married. I didn't know yada, yada, yada. Because niggas lie. It happens every day. Maybe not to this extent with this like pathology and brain situation, but like, this shit happens and it was compelling and entertaining. And I am glad that now like people are like, we want to help you recoup some of what you lost by mm-hmm. like getting the trip or whatever. But like, yeah, I think the criticism of her is wildly unfair. Clearly. <laughs> I, I I don't think it's as unfair as you do. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry she went through the, her shit, but again, I just feel like she had, several off ramps like mm-hmm. hundreds of off ramps to get to get to turn off this path even during the pandemic before before it got so far going that the police had to get involved i just thought it was like i think that's wow. really easy to say when you're not in it we've all been in a relationship way longer than we supposed we were supposed to be there if we're marrying the person I was in a marriage way longer than I probably should have been there. What I'm saying is, were there several off-ramps before the marriage? Yes. Yes. And I ignored all of them. Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) I don't know. God bless her. You know, she got a little fame and all that shit. And it's not, but I don't know. I just, I was just kind of like, word, you know, did you watch, bro, you didn't watch this shit, did you? No, I looked at the cliff notes. I took the cliff notes in. I was okay. not about to watch all that shit. You know, God bless. Five and a half hours. It's crazy. Um, yeah, five n- nigga. Like, come <laughs> on. What are we what are five and a half hours, nigga? Like, I could do so much in five yeah, and a half hours. Audio, anyway. Anyway, like nigga, I could go get Philly cheesesteaks and come back home in less than five and a half hours. But then aside <laughs> from that. In Philly. Um <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, um, I think I, I will say this. I do think that people tend to do this thing where we are incredibly harsh when we are armchair quarterbacks, right? Like when we're Monday morning quarterbacks, where we're incredibly harsh. But and we do this shit with Tyler Perry, right? Like this, I'm gonna tie this back to Tyler Perry. We make all of the characters when they do this sort of shit seem unreal and unrealistic and he's being incredibly dramatic and then we get uh Risa Tisa is that her name the Risa Tisa yeah, okay Tisa. right which, which which if Tyler Perry wrote that shit niggas yeah. would say that's a lie that's a that's lie bullshit. There's, it's <laughs> bullshit he don't know you understand what I'm saying so we always do this thing where we sort of pretend Everyone thinks that they're smarter than they are. And yeah. we do not we do not give grace when it is affairs at a heart. We do not give grace when now I I think differently. My mind is different in that the first thing I'm doing is like, all right, who is this nigga? Like I'm I'm very much a country do by way of Brooklyn. So it's she also either, did a background who, check. I'm sorry, I just have to say that. She also did no, a background check before no. she married this nigga, but she didn't know she didn't have uh, the right information. Okay. Oh, I mean then she came good. back with some information. What I'm sorry. saying is it came back with some information is my point. 
They came back right. with some information. Okay. So would... it, it sounded to me like she was taking some measure of accountability. Like, hey, I kind of missed a couple of I, I missed a couple of things here that I was a little bit blinded by. Well, because also, I know I've been missing. She admitted that she ignored, deliberately ignored multiple red flags because she was desperate to be married. I said that. She admitted yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like to me, Jeff wasn't like, giving no grace. Like to me, to me, I have different, I don't know what this woman's career is, but like, I definitely would have had the kind of background check that would have been like, nah, nigga, we're your people. I'm a where your people's at, nigga. Who your people's, my nigga? Show, show me where you've been resting your head prior to here. Where's your mom in there, nigga? Where your grand like the the the, the Kendrick Lamar? Where your grandmama stay, nigga? Like you know what I'm saying? Like all that. Like who are your people? Because that is how you start to check the list down. Like like this nigga, he don't he don't talk to nobody from college. He don't talk to nobody from high school. He don't. T- Where's his friend? Like there's always one friend that like, like that been friends for like 15 years, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Like where are these niggas at? Like there's just a there's just a feel that I have because of my mom, right? Like I've been very protective of my family. I gotta, when niggas come around, who these niggas, who are these niggas for real? Like the, like the, like the meme says, who are these niggas? (laughs) So, so I want to, I do want to give some grace because I think people are, and we, and again, we see it on the timeline. Everybody on the timeline telling us how stupid she was, and then every two months we hear about some some fly out story going wrong or some oh mm-hmm. this nigga was was who did this nigga scam me? This nigga stole money out my purse because uh, yeah. I bought him home, you know. <laughs> and it's oh, like the, yeah, nigga yeah. bought me the nigga bought me a rose from the rose man outside the club, and I I brought the nigga home, moved him in, and you like what? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. Good God bless Reese. I teaching. can't really talk shit about quick relationships. That's just I'm always gonna have grace for that. It worked yeah. out. If yours worked out, God bless you. <laughs> yeah, quick, quick ain't quick ain't the issue. Quick, quick ain't the issue. Right. It is because I totally understand moving people in, particularly at that point, right? Where it was just like you really didn't know what the fucking next steps yeah. were gonna be. Right. And so I totally get that. And listen, you know what I'm saying? Nobody fucking wants to be lonely. And the reality is, is a lot of you, a lot of you niggas are fucking that guy. A lot of you niggas are fucking him. There's yeah. no shortage of them kind of niggas getting, having women. Like this yeah. is, this is not uncommon. This is not as uncommon as motherfuckers is trying to make it out to be. It's a whole it's lot of homeless niggas dating. Just... Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> niggas, niggas be fucking for shelter. Yes, a lot of niggas yeah. out here fucking for shelter. Um, I want to talk about. I was mention. Yeah. Uh, I don't want mention that. Shit. I'm gonna let it ride. Um, I want to uh mention real quick, like the Jamal's. It's very interesting. But the Jamal's, for those who don't know, are the seems like the the, the kind of black. Uh, media people and black uh, TikTokers or whatever that the GOP seems to be targeting to try to siphon off the black some of the black vote from Biden. Oh, um, that's their collective name, the Jamal's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, they reached. I so saw Joe Button posted a picture. I guess he interviewed Candace Owens recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fat Joe and bought Trump sneakers, and you know, 
uh, uh, what's it called? Sure, I mean, the God is always kind of, I don't know which way this nigga's going, you know? Um, so I just, I just find it interesting that these guys and girls, there's women too, that mm-hmm. are kind of being brought up. I don't think it's going to make any difference because I don't think the, the audience uh, that, that those people have is that politically astute, to be honest with you. I think a lot of niggas don't even vote, but, um, I just find it interesting to, to see the path that they go. It, it kind of proves Trump's point about like, you know, the blacks like me, like what he, his thought process and their thought processes, you see it in the way they react to the way they react mm-hmm. and go at black people. Like, look, we put out sneakers. I know y'all niggas like me, you know, it's kind of, kind of weird. It's um, so insulting. It's, it's very really, insulting. I it's hate that during the 2016 election and the 2020 election, we lost a lot of faith in, and I think credibility in what would be our normal like thought leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were kind of abandoned by John Stewart during a really critical time. A lot yeah. of people look to the Daily Show for that kind of guidance. Uh, Mark Lamont Hill, completely, you know, on the black side, abandoned yep. all democratic and black causes to stand behind mm-hmm. someone he knew would not win. Um, and CNN kind of wiping the slate clean of any non-white contributors, anchors, all of that. And we're seeing kind of the manifestation and the results of all of that happening with this election and it being an election year. And I don't know, like it, the shit looks bleak because this is who our newest crop of voters are looking to, to make these kinds of decisions. It just Mm -hmm. feels, it's easy to get apathetic. It's easy to get kind of hopeless because I don't know, like if y'all are listening to Charlemagne, I really don't have nothing for you. I really don't. There's nothing to talk about. Charlemagne or uh, Joe Budden for your political uh, insight, you kind of like, you kind of wild, you know? Um, Lastly, going to wrap up is uh wendy williams documentary where is wendy williams um I did not watch that i think it's gonna make me too sad it's a hard watch it's a hard watch because she is clearly um not well mentally or physically and to have these cameras like kind of stuck in her face and the people around a lot of people around her don't it doesn't feel like from the way the documentary is filmed really have her best interest at heart. It seems like a, a lot of money grab for a lot of them. Um, they've managed to separate her from her family as well. Well, Most wait, wait, wait. I thought her mother and her sister did this documentary. No, her mother's, the mother passed away. I thought her sister did this. Doc- somebody, her, her sister father is involved somewhere. No, no, no. Her sister didn't do her this documentary. Sister is, mm. Her sister's been barely, on yeah. shows and stuff during interviews. Yeah. There was a statement from her mother and sister. Somebody, some her mother died. Her mother died. There was a statement from her sister somewhere. Something there was like her family and forgive me because I haven't watched it. I've only been marginally into it. But somewhere, somehow, her family has made a statement about this. Maybe it was her sister. Commission because her sister is not in it until the last episode. And her sister's pissed because she hasn't been able to be in it because her sister says the the guardianship and the management of is keeping her away from Wendy. Okay. Her sister did not do this documentary. Um, and the people around her 
you know, don't seem to have a best interest at heart. It seems like a money grab for a lot of them. Her son's in Miami. Wendy is living, uh, was in during the documentary, was living in New York. Um, and I don't know why, I don't, one thing that never really got explained in the documentary, I never understood, because Wendy would go like months without seeing her son, like, because she'd be in New York and she's not healthy, so traveling is hard. And so, um, when her son's in Miami, he never in the he never came to New York to see his mother. Like they'd go like eight nine months without talking to each other, and then you know she'd be like, "Okay, I'm in Miami." And they she'd stay there for like a week or two maybe, and then she'd leave. And he would it was just weird that he and his cousin, um, his sister's son, um, they lived together in Miami. Um, his sister, his, um, his sister's daughter also lives in Miami. She's actually a newscaster in Miami. She's on, on the news there. Um, and the father has been living in Miami. Well, the parents and mother passed away. They've been living, living in Miami for several years now. So it seems like, well, Fort Lauderdale. So it seems like everybody's in Florida except Wendy. And she's very isolated. from her. It's, just a, it's just a hard watch, man, because she's clearly not well. She has dementia. Um, clinically, it's not like, you know, somebody making it up. She, like, doctors just right. said she, And she kind of goes in and out where she'll be clear and then other times she's just you know talking because she doesn't has dementia she's not clear she doesn't know you know what she's talking about she doesn't know what she is she swings back and forth like with big emotions she'll be very angry but she'll be crying it's like it's just it's just a i don't really i don't know what the point of this documentary was supposed to be because it did not make her look good in any way and i know a lot of people have issues with wendy over the years or what you know what? You know for the gossip and everything, but this is a tough watch, man. I, I, you know, it was, it's not enjoyable at all to see anybody in this position. You know, um, um, go ahead, bro. I did not. I, I didn't watch. Um, I, I didn't. You know, I'm not standing on some. You know, this wasn't some moral soapbox. Soapbox of like, I'm not watching this sort of thing as much as like. I just don't, I don't find that sort of stuff interesting. And I feel like it is, um, I, I just, I, I don't have any desire to watch it. I'll just leave it at that. And I'll um, put it, I get I, it. You know, it's not enjoyable. And I said, and I said, I said to you guys way back when, when they had that conservatorship, mm-hmm. that a bank's job, So I'll just put it to you like this. You have a fiduciary responsibility to the people whose money you manage to ensure that they are not being abused, right? If things are off-centered, if you're starting to see thousands of dollars of cash withdrawals and, you know, new bills and all of this sort of stuff come up, and it is not aligning with someone that is within their right sound mind and body, right? Like they're not sound. They cannot make these decisions on their own. Then yes, it is time for you to do that sort of thing. I don't know what the ins and outs is with the conservatorship and why the sister doesn't have any of that sort of stuff. But I remember if I remember correctly, her and her family were not always like the super yeah. kumbaya cool thing, right? So um yeah, you know what? Sometimes it's probably a little bit easier to have a third party in here, right? And and have a third party person say, Hey, 
these are the things that we are approving as the executor of this estate versus not. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, again, I'm I'm no financial wizard, so I, but I, now they talk about the son was. Um, I don't want to say allegedly because I think it's you know on paper that he was taking out large sums of money. He spent one hundred twenty thousand dollars on a birthday party. He spent over a certain amount of time. He spent over a hundred thousand dollars on Uber Eats. He spent eighty. His rent is like a total of like eighty something thousand dollars a year, and I'm sure there's other things as well. And that's apparently what caused Wells Fargo to be like, chill, like this, like these are huge chunks of cash, like Sean said, they're coming out of this account. And I'm not, I'm not, and see, the thing is, Wells Fargo's not saying the money's not there, but they're noticing these spending patterns that are crazy. And it said it's their responsibility to kind of stop it at a certain point and check it out and see what's going on. And, and with Wendy not in her right state of mind, um, they, and, they, and, and I also want to say too, you know, Wendy had a very public and very difficult pregnancy with yeah. Kevin. Um, I think she um, largely um, compensates and coddles him probably even more than um, a, a rich, you know, person would normally do their children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, um, it, you know, people were talking about how, you know, he shouldn't have been doing this. He shouldn't have been doing that. And I think that a lot of times we tend to forget that kids, if they're not sort of, led in that way they don't really have a concept of money they don't they don't they don't process that you know it is it is unless you're telling your kids like hey man you do know that it's like not really normal for everyone to just fly first class or have fucking you know seven hundred dollar uber eats bills for you know mr childs or whatever you know what i'm saying like a regular thursday you know what i'm saying he also probably doesn't recognize that his mother's um and this is not me caping for little Kevin, but he probably also has no concept of the fact that like the money is now finite to a certain extent. I, I was going to say that too. So, so the other part of this is, is like people don't understand that when you have a, a, a specific quality of life, like the goal is to maintain your quality of life. When you are no longer having these massive income years, when you have reached sort of the more fixed income years, you do have to manage that money differently. So again, this isn't to say that someone is poor and this isn't to say that you now can no longer go to the Whole Foods. It just means you can't be burning down, you know, $600,000 birthday party. Like, right. Like a hundred thousand dollar birthday party to me is the kind of thing that someone that has no real concept of money does because they don't have a true concept. They don't see bills. They don't pay bills. They don't, they're not talked to about that sort of stuff. I wish all of, excuse me. I wish all of them well, because that is a brutal disease to, to have to care for someone for it. It continually gets worse. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very difficult thing. Um, I hope that that young man understands fully what is happening um, to his mom. And she's just like, this doesn't get better. And I think that some people are operating under this guise of like, you know, maybe this will change and she'll kind of return to her normal self again. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, yeah, but it's it's a tough watch, man. Um, 
Yeah, I, I would. You know, I don't. I wouldn't recommend it. You know, I watched it, but I didn't. I wouldn't say, "Yo, you, you got to watch this Wendy thing." It's not. Nah, 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 you good on that? Um, it's also the most terrible Black History Month ever. Ever. <laughs> Chop it up. Um, nothing. Um, Jesus. I, I want to mention two things. Chop it up. TV One Honors. Jesus Tiny. Um, happened and then Jeezy's tiny desk also happened this month. That was it. I didn't watch it. Oh, you thought you watched it. <laughs> I just said that it happened. That I heard ex- audience was ex- participation was like whacker than normal in the tiny you mean desk. for the tiny he, desk? Yeah, he would drop out I mean, to like say a lyric and no one would could uh he's a star, but he had he didn't have a lot of like big records. So I could see the um the audience participation not being great because a lot of those younger kids might not know his stuff. You know, he, yeah. I, I could see it not really being the same way as if, uh, you know, to even T.I., you know, who had bigger records would do one. I'm sure he's going to do one sometime soon. Um, I heard uh, one song I did like, uh, I can't even remember what song it was, but they did like a really dope intro- instrumental kind of leading into it. And I was okay. like, if this was like a jazz record, I'd be... <laughs> be all yeah. over this. Like maybe I should listen to it, but yeah. you know. And then Tiny right. One Honors was for the old folks. It was cool. Yeah, I didn't watch that at all. All right, man, we gonna wrap it. Did y'all? Did we talk about Cam? Oh yeah. shoot, shoot, down, man. Let's talk about that real quick. Well, nigga, we spent seventy five minutes on Love Is Blind. <laughs> you niggas we did. Take we did. No, no, no. I, I, I just forgot. Let's do it. So, um. Cam Newton runs a seven. Uh, he's been running it for like for a few years now. He does a bunch of this stuff like in the in the community in Atlanta. I think in Charlotte where he plays football, um, and maybe the one other market. He's very involved in um, doing stuff for the community and getting kids involved in sports with coaches and everything. And so he was here in Atlanta running on seven oh seven camp and. Um, you know, Cam's a Atlanta nigga. He's talking shit, you know what I'm saying? As he can, being who he is and what he accomplished on the field. Um, he's talking shit and the coaches, I guess, are talking shit back and it gets heated and the coaches decide to attack a six foot six, probably he might be two seventy now because he's not playing anymore. He's definitely two he was two fifty when he played. He's probably two sixty, two sixty five now at least. Um, but still in shape, <laughs> black man. He's only thirty. He's only Cam's only like thirty three, thirty four years old. He's not an old guy. Um, and he was tossing these niggas around like frisbees. Um, and the discourse has been, it's Cam always. Uh, he always gets people riled up. There's something about Cam that pe- I always I always likened him in a in and I know this might be a reach but always likened him to Muhammad Ali in that either you loved him or you really hated him it was one there's no in between with Cam Newton you either love love him and you know love what he's done on the field and what he does in the community or you like hate this nigga and think he's too arrogant and his hats are stupid and his hair's dumb and fuck that nigga right there's there's one or the other and Cam something about Cam gets people riled up and wanted to go at him. And the thing about Cam is, he if you say something to him, he's going to say something back. He's not going to back down. So they, so they had a fight. They had, but they were in well, a fight. Apparently, apparently, Cam has been taking shots at the other yeah, program. Yeah, yeah. Cam told you, For quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but again, but at the at the end of the day, the one I saw the coaches interviewed, um, and I'm gonna let you go, bro. I saw one of the coaches interviewed, and he said, "Yeah, Cam was talking about, you know, if it wasn't for me, like none of this would be happening, and you owe me, you know, for putting this up for you." And I'm like, "Yeah, he's right." But he is right. He is right. If you wasn't for him, you wouldn't be out here coaching. They're like, he's absolutely um, correct. Go ahead, bro. This, this, so there, this is a twofold situation for me. The larger issue that I have is that there are far too many of these sorts of niggas in spaces influencing and, and having children under their care. Agreed. And. What? More so in basketball than in football, honestly. More, more so, so in basketball than football because, yeah, but the culture, the culture of this sort of dude, because I think that dude is more of a microcosm of of many other people, right? Like he he's more of a combination of these. I'm not really qualified to coach for real, and my glory days is gone, type niggas. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of lo- I, I latch on to these kids in a way, and it's done, you know, usually under the guise of giving back and all of that sort of yeah. stuff. Unless somebody does have to coach the kids, we get it, right? But there is a measure of like who who are like who are these niggas, right? <laughs> like nobody really is doing a background check. It's just kind of a nigga yeah. from the neighborhood that we who might like started. It's like two requirements to coach kids now. Like yeah. we need to know that you are actively not selling drugs on a corner level, right? Yeah. So we need to know that shit don't get shot up, right? And we need to know that you're not a pedophile. Like yeah. if you can meet those two requirements, you two can coach, can coach <laughs> 12 under 13 kids, right? Like what yeah. are we, you know, there's no real vetting of this sort of shit. So aside from that, I also want to just sort of chime in to it's a reminder of like, first of all, let me just say this. The guy that Cam was flinging around was not a small man. No, it was not a tiny man. Okay, and he was clearly not trying to actively harm anyone. He never threw a punch. He had one guy in a one-arm bear hug to the point where he couldn't move. This is a grown man. And he is holding him like you hold a wild toddler, stopping them from going into the pool, right? Like up under your arm. He's literally dragging the other man to the point where he can't even get his footing. Meaning this other man, he can't even get his balance. He's being moved by one arm so bad. The third guy comes up and tries to swing with the closed fist on Cam. And literally, this is not figuratively, he literally bounces off of him, right? Like it, it, it was such an inconsequential gnat flying around Mm -hmm. that, and, and, and security took forever because a lot of times these things sort of happen really quick and you can tell this happened really, really quick. Mm-hmm. And so you can see security kind of, they're delayed there, but I just want, they, they send out an apology TCL or TCS or something like that, whatever the, this particular organization is. 
and it's a very wordy definitely someone's someone you know knew how to write it's a it's a wordy apology the law firm <laughs> down to the law firm right and, and and it's a very wordy apology and the reality is my nigga is that you're you're embarrassed and you should be and realistically you shouldn't be next to those fucking kids really yeah real talk but cam to his credit he said he's not stopping he's going to keep the camps going um because it's about the kids not about this bullshit i'm i'm a, i don't know I'm, what's going to happen with these coaches i don't know if they'll be banned or whatever but He's going to keep the camps, go- camps going. I think the next one's uh, in March. So he's going to keep giving back. But, yeah, it, it was it was, it was was a trip. You know, Cam Cam brings up the heating castles, like you said, uh, Sean. Like, you know, these guys passed their prime or they never made it. And they feel like this is the only thing they got to kind of – I saw Ryan Clark say this. This is their only chance to say, yeah, I'll beat Cam or somebody of that, that stature. Um for them, it's their, their one like shining glory, you know. I just want to say it's it's absolutely crazy to think that you're going to win in a fight against a man who falls down for a living. Yeah, he literally has three hundred pound guys coming directly <clears throat> to him to hurt him fifty times a week. I don't. I don't think people. I don't think people who are of normal regular man strength understand former pro former high level d1 um type strength and it really doesn't it doesn't register because i think we get into fewer and fewer physical confrontations now it's more and more right they ain't grow up scrapping that's the problem you don't know how how to size size motherfuckers up properly yeah like, like sometimes tried to start that fight with uh tyson on the plane like the fuck are you thinking it's still mike tyson well like, that guy was that guy was high i believe he was like inebriated because there's no rational you know you definitely uh, he definitely was high but judgment is i just i just i remember i remember once being at a show at the university of georgia and a fight breaking out in the club and apparently these were football players Mm. And, do you, and do you know what they did? They they fucking let them fight. Yeah, because who's breaking that up? He said, "Let them get tired. They'll be tired in a second. Yeah. And they let them finish that fight because who the fuck is getting in between a three hundred and thirty pound lineman who's a fucking who's ox strong? You know what I'm saying? Like people just don't grasp." Yeah. that level because usually guys like that they're really big they usually been big all their life so they're very they, they understand their strength they mm-hmm. understand like i can really hurt someone and so a lot of times those guys are really not the bullies they're really not into yeah they, sort of being trying, that guy yeah they're trying to avoid but anywho he 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 now is the dude uh that shit's following you my nigga yep. you, yep. you 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 the dude that got drug around by cam um, down to the down down to the seven. Yeah. Oh, you the dude that Cam was slinging around. Okay. These yeah. are also the people who believe that Future would win in a fight versus Russell no. Wilson. So, yeah. exactly, or, or, or that, that they could fight, fight a bear. bear. Exactly, or that they could <laughs> fight a bear. Exactly, or or Don't that the they or that they who haven't played basketball since ninth grade can fight can uh be a uh, professional WNBA NBA professional. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. same people. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a perfect circle. It's a concentric circle. Yes, Great. for sure. Well, yeah. All so right, that's, wrap it up on that note. 
we'll, get, we'll get back at you when we get back at you. We'll do better, guys. <laughs> but thank you guys. Like Inka said, thank you guys for being here when we're Oh, here. definitely. Figuring this love- shit out. We also talked we about another live taping or something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe we see you around the Oscars time. <laughs> you know what? Right. Goodbye, y'all. All right. See y'all later. And that's what's popping in the world of entertainment. Thank you for listening to the Pop Life Podcast with Jeffrey, Naima, and Sean. Want to be a part of the show? We've got three ways you can get involved. Like us on Facebook. Send us your burning questions to poplifepodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at Pop Life Podcast. <laughs>